flyweight prospect Jillian Robertson. Thank you so much for joining me on this uh, lovely morning. How is your life uh, in Florida right now? Oh, it's going good. You know, a uh, little bit different all through quarantine and everything, but uh, I've still been getting my work in. Still just been trying to stay busy and get myself ready. And uh, I was when I got the call a couple weeks ago. So now next week, where uh, I'm ready to get my hand raised. <laughs> I wanted to start with uh, Din Thomas because he left American Top Team earlier this year and kind of went on his own. Um, was that something that you were ready for, or did was that a kind of a shock for you also? Uh, I guess it's something that I kind of expected just over the years working with him. I know just uh, he wants to do his own thing, kind of, you know. He wants to be his own boss, and uh, now he's able to do that. He's able to work with the fighters he wants to work with, and uh, he's able to develop fighters. So uh, I guess I kind of expected over the last couple of years, but uh, it was definitely still a little bit of a shock when it actually happened. How has that affected you personally? Well, uh, I'm no longer with AQT anymore either, so uh, I'm just working with Dean Thomas and uh, a couple other gyms around the area, like um, RT Jensen Beach. There's Gambler's Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, one of my friends, Dan Donaldson, has opened up his garage for me this whole quarantine. So no matter what, I've still been training twice a day every day and getting good work with good training partners. Just a different scenario. <laughs> a different scenario for everybody around the world, you know, especially the fighters getting ready. Um, you said the garage. How has the the workouts been inside of a garage instead of being on these large, wide open mats in the gym? I honestly, I feel like my weight's never been lower just because I've been sweating so much training in like 100 degree weather in Florida in a garage. And it's just, it's like you're working out in a sauna. So it's like I've been able to keep my weight really low, which is going to make this cut really easy next week. And uh, yeah, it's like you said, it's a different experience, but uh, no matter what, I'm still, I'm still getting to work, and I honestly feel like I've gotten better in these last few months than I ever did before just because um, I've, get, I've gotten so much one-on-one -on -one time with Dean Thomas. Yeah, I think that a lot of fighters have been experiencing that, like that personalized attention, but for you it's like double because you leave your gym that you had, and now you have your coach, uh, Dean Thomas, that – was working with so many fighters in the past, but now it's narrowed down to how many fighters does he have? Not that, not that many, right? Uh, it's just a handful of us that he's working with at the moment. And uh, like you said, it's really just narrowed it down where in the, when he works with ATT, I would literally just get my coach for camp. So I feel like when I was out of camp, when I should have been improving, I wasn't really improving. I was just like going through the motions and training every day. And then when we were in camp, it was really dialed down on it. But now it's like, I'm getting that training year round, so I'm just seeing myself excel. Definitely, uh, I've been watching, you know, your Instagram like most people do, and it looks like you've been focusing on your striking, particularly your boxing, throughout the last few months. Uh, where have you been sharpening your your skill set at? Daya uh, Davis has been helping me a lot with my boxing, and then uh, Dean, of course. Dean is all around MMA coach, so we work on everything. We work on striking, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, and putting it all together. What what particularly have you been improving on? You think the most is it your your jab, your footwork? What exactly do you feel like you have been uh, improving on? I feel like for the longest time, my biggest problem was just keeping my feet with me. I'd always be out of position, like just pushing off my feet. It's like it's the littlest things. Um, but now that I'm more I'm more aware of that and I'm getting better at doing that, it's like it's changing my whole game because it's changing my shots now because my feet are always in the right position to shoot wrestling wise. So it's just 
like as a mixed martial artist, it's really just changed everything for me. Do you feel a, more of a snap to your punches? Because I feel like having your feet underneath you would make you more powerful, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. And it's just uh, I'm set to defend. I'm set for the next punch now. It's not like I'm leaning into it. And I feel like that was always a problem for me in the past. Seems like you're flowing really well with the, the mitt work that you've been putting in. <laughs> I'm trying. trying my hardest. Like you want, I was telling all my friends I'm a striker now, so uh, hopefully I'll be able to show some of that. Yeah, well, if you make your striking to a, a certain level where people are more worried about your striking, then they, they forget about your ground, and then, then then you can show your ground again, right? Oh, yeah, I'm hoping that I can make girls shoot on me. You know, that that's the ideal goal is that I want to make these girls not want to stand with me to the point that they do shoot, shoot on me because – I think I've only had, like, one girl shoot on me ever in a fight. And so it's like nobody ever wants to go to the ground with me. So it would be nice to for it to be a little change of pace there. Yeah, definitely. Well, I see that happening, you know, as you raise up the ranks and you run into different types of fighters. You know what I mean? It's just it's just bound to happen someday. Uh, now let's go back to your last fight uh, in uh, October against Macy Barber. There was a lot of hype built around the fight, you know, trash talk a little bit here and there. Do you feel like any of that really kind of got into your head a little bit? Uh, no, I don't think any of that necessarily got into my head. Uh, I just feel like she caught me, and then I wasn't quick enough to come back. Like I feel like I was there. At, like I was, a, I was mentally there at the end. You know, like the ref felt like it was time to stop it, and I was taking too many punches. And I understand that a hundred percent. But because uh, she did catch me, but I felt like. I just, yeah, it took too long to come back, and I, I'm not going to make that mistake again. Uh, after that fight, what did uh, Dean say to you? You know, what was his reaction to the stoppage? Uh, literally, the second we walked down the steps, like, the second we walked out of the cage, all he said to me, he's like, it's over. It, like, it's over. Like, just get over it. Like, we need to get on to the next one already, and that's all we've been thinking about since then. All right. So, was it easy for you to move on that quickly, or did it take a couple of weeks or a month or so to kind of get that out of your head? Uh, I think as a fighter, it's easier. To, it's easy to move on. Like I got over it, and I was like, "All right, it's over." And then it's just everybody that you see for the next two months is like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." And it's like you try to have short-term memory, but it's literally brought up to you every single day. So it's like just seeing people. I feel like it's one of the hardest parts because you don't even want to think about it, and that's all they want to talk about. It's kind of like doing an interview over and over and over again with the same questions, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, and it, it's everybody you see. So it's like the, the, after I, I lost that time, I don't think I left my house for, like, the next week just because I didn't want to see people. It was, it was like I just didn't want to be around people. I didn't want to talk to people just because I knew that's all that it was going to be about. <laughs> yeah, that's completely understandable. I think if I was in your position, I'd probably like myself in there for, like, a month. You know, I, didn't wanna, I wouldn't want to talk to anybody, you know. Uh, now you got a, you got your fight coming up. You got the switch to Courtney Casey, I believe, around three weeks ago. And uh, has that really affected anything in your training camp? Uh, not necessarily. Like the whenever I signed the Celia Santos fight, I got it like four months out, and then the coronavirus happened. So it was like whenever that happened, I just I assumed that it, that wasn't going to happen. It was a Brazilian opponent in Canada, so it was like two things that just didn't seem very possible at the time. And uh, so I, we were never really, like, set on me fighting Celia Santos. We were just getting me ready, just, like, training and making me better. So then uh, we were ready for whatever name came, and I was really happy that I got Courtney Casey. I feel like she's a great matchup for me. She's a, she's a much more well-known name 
in the in the promotion and, and she she has a lot of experience so a win over her is potentially big in the division. You describe her as a, a perfect matchup for you. What exactly about her are you uh, makes you so confident heading into this fight? Um, I just I, just from what I've watched, what I've watched of her previous fight, she doesn't have great wrestling necessarily, which uh, it, it brings you down to my world. No matter what, I'm confident once I get on the ground. Like I know she has a couple good arm bars off her back, but I'm aware of that, and I'm not going to get caught in something like that. So uh, I'm just happy that I'll be able to display a lot of uh, ground and pound that I've been working on, and uh, hopefully get a submission. You know, that's the plan, right? But I see the the boxing is in effect, and and, and Casey, if you watch some of her fights, she she likes to stand and trade from time to time. That's something that is probably excites you a little bit more about the matchup, right? Oh yeah, I'm more comfortable on my feet than I ever have been before. So. Uh, to be able to go in there with a good boxer like her, she's really long and rangy, so I'll be able to get in and uh, just really work my head movement and uh, work a lot of footwork and things. We've just been working everything, really. My striking, I feel like, is just starting to come all together for me. During this time of quarantine, it really looks like Florida hasn't been in quarantine too much. They've, they're the first ones opened up. You know, they're the first ones to have a, a sporting event. Uh, what what was the was there anything that really affected you in your day to day under quarantine? Uh, well, I was training with ATT at the beginning of quarantine, so it's like them closing was definitely a struggle at first. But then, uh, Dean's really taken care of me these last couple months. Like he's just we've been working together twice a day, every single day, like an hour and a half in the morning, an hour and a half at night, or more than that. And it's I've just been getting a lot of one on one time, so it's uh. It's like everything has changed, but it's still been working, and we've still been getting uh, making sure that I'm ready. What type of uh, performance do you expect out of yourself in this upcoming fight against Casey? Um, I'm just like, I guess if I can just perform to my best ability, then I'm happy. Like no matter what, it's like win or lose. If I go out there and I perform, I'm happy. So uh, I'm just hoping that I'll be able to do that and uh, display my abilities to the best, uh, to my best capability. And, um, yeah, just, I want to show that I'm an MMA fighter. I'm not just a jiu-jitsu girl. Just this past weekend, Cynthia Calvillo defeated Jessica I <laughs> by unanimous decision. I is ranked number one, and Cynthia took her out. Uh, do you think Calvillo just earned a title shot? Uh, I think she is going to get it. I don't think she earned it, but I think she's going to get it. <laughs> um I guess I'm already sour about that. Like, I fought Cynthia when I was, like, before the uh, we were both in the UFC, and I took the fight on five days' notice, and we ended up going to a decision. So it was like, I, I guess that's one loss I've always been salty about because I'm like, all right, whatever, I took a short notice. And uh, she's a tough girl, obviously, but uh, ever since she's gotten in the UFC, she's just been put on a pedestal. Like, they've just treated her so good. So I guess it's just like a jealousy thing now that we're like, She's gotten the easiest matchups. She's missed weight twice and then gets a, a main event spot. And it's like against the number one girl coming up in our division. So it's like, it's just, uh, yeah, she gets a lot of special treat, treatment. And um, yeah, I, I don't know if she necessarily deserves the title shot, but I feel like she's going to get it. Well, I guess when they when you heard that she was going up to flyweight, you're pretty excited then because of the your your previous history. Oh yeah, I'm ready for that rematch. Like I want, I, like I said, we went to a close decision, and I took it on five days' notice. I'm like, if I had a full camp, then I, 
if she's going to live title shot, then I deserve it too. And I'm, I don't think I'm anywhere near that level yet. <laughs> so we could possibly be hearing a, a, a Cynthia Calvillo call out in the future eventually, right? Uh, possibly, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not usually one to call someone out, but uh, I, I'm down with whoever the UFC matches me up with. And if it's her, then I'm, ha- I'm more than happy to do that. <laughs>